Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest uh, podcast. And this series of podcasts will be in the stomach, and it's something I'm redoing. A lot of old information, a lot of new information, and this will be either four or five parts, I think, depending how long this actually takes. One of the things about evaluating the stomach is that it's one of the classic applications of CT. Once CT started, you gave oral contrast, you always saw the stomach. How good we are in evaluating the stomach, how good we are in detecting early disease has always been something that's been of question. Uh, some articles have been very positive, some articles have been less than positive. We recognize that so much of uh, how we do things depends on technique. Here was an article we wrote a couple years ago, Karen and myself, and commented that recent advances in CT and 3D imaging have sparked a renewed interest in using CT for gastric disease. And that was really at the 16-slice level. And this is true even more so as we go to 64-slice CT. And you can see that articles, this is an article just recently published in the last month or so, MDCT with uh, good distension improves the accuracy of pre-op staging of gastric cancers. They also make the point about MPR significantly better overall accuracy than transverse images for tumor staging but not necessarily for lymph node staging and again lymph nodes I've always said myself with 3D that you know axial images alone in most cases are as good as anything but you can see there's so much interest in uh, using new technology to really solve an old problem now in saying there's new solutions the first thing to recognize is the oldest problem still remains and that the key to successful examination of the stomach really is distending the stomach. Now you can do the stomach many ways. You can use positive contrast, you can use water, you can use air, but whatever you do you need to distend the stomach. Now the stomach typically, we used to define it as 7 to 10 millimeters in wall thickness, but now typically we say 3 millimeters or so, and the stomach's well distended in most patients. It's a very thin line. If you don't distend the stomach, like in this example, what are you going to say? Is this gastric infiltration by a lymphoma? Is it gastritis or is it normal? The folds look prominent, but the folds always look sort of prominent when the stomach's not distended, and you give a good IV bolus. So again, distension's the key. Now typically, the two areas you have the most problems are the GE junction, especially in a patient with hiatal hernia, and in the antrum. And there's been articles about the antrum that... Uh, the antrum wall thickness can be up to 12 millimeters because of the way we actually catch the antrum on CT. And again, that's typically speaking about axial CT scanning, that if you go beyond uh, the, the axial plane and more of an oblique plane or a 3D perspective, it's usually less of an issue, but it's important to be very careful before you call pathology in the antrum. Now, if it's eccentric thickening or regular infiltration, differential enhancement, then you're in luck. But just simply seeing smooth thickening of the stomach or apparent thickening of the stomach, you got to be very careful not to call something that really is normal, abnormal. And I'll show you a couple examples. Look at the antrum in this case. The antrum is coming directly at you. There's contrast in the antrum. It's measuring in that one centimeter range. And here it is another image. And here's that same patient at a different level in cross-section. So the antrum there is thickened, but it's under 12 millimeters. It's smooth. It's good at mucosal enhancement. And what you're really looking at, of course, is just a normal antrum. You need to be very careful. Now, sometimes you can give all the oral or PO contrast you want with, again, positive or neutral. And sometimes it's just hard to distend the antrum. Now, in other cases, it's a matter of perspective. You look at this case. 
This patient had the Whipple's procedures had radiation. You can see the stomach is thickened. You have good mucosal enhancement, particularly in the body, a little bit less toward the antrum. There's a ascites present, slight nodularity. But if you want to see the antrum really well, you go to a 3D map. And here it is looking at the coronal and looking at volume rendering. You have very nice visualization of antral thickening, some delayed gastric emptying. But you can see how much easier it is to see the antral region when you're doing things within the volume rather than within the axial plane alone. And this very much matches the comments made in the first article I showed you uh, that was most recently published talking about how MPR can be valuable going beyond axial images in staging uh, a gastric cancer. Now in terms of our protocol, typically we're using water. Uh, we're giving about 1,000 cc's over 15 to 20 minutes. We're always using IV contrast, uh, bolus at 3 to 4 cc's. And in many cases, simply a single phase acquisition works very well. More and more we're doing dual phase acquisitions in part for vascular mapping. But in terms of most cases of lesion detection, the venous phase would be adequate. Though we, and I'll show you some examples of why. Now there's some caveats. Uh, in CT, we don't worry anymore like the old days about patients being NPO after midnight. In fact, that's dangerous because patients get dehydrated, then you give IV contrast, then you have SIN. SIN is C-I-N, contrast-induced nephrotoxicity. So we like the patients hydrated. But if you're going to look at the stomach, no, nothing by mouth for three hours before at a minimum. When the patients come down as inpatients at Hopkins and they're munching on a cheeseburger, it's probably not the way to go. You can see in this case the uh, material in the stomach can simulate a lesion. You can see in this case there's a lot of grungy stuff in the stomach. There's some contrast breaking up within the food at the edges. And if you take that coronal display and you put it in 3D imaging, you have all sorts of funny appearances. Maybe it's mucinous tumor on this 3D image with calcification. So again, we like the patient to be NPO for at least three hours and Six hours would be great. And when I say NPO, I mean no potato chips, no hamburgers, but they can drink all the water they want. Water's only going to help you, so don't dehydrate the patient. Just make sure there's no food hanging out in the stomach. Now, we typically scan all our stomachs in the supine position. There's been articles written about doing patients prone or LPO. Um, and there is some advantage, as one article spoke about, better distension of the lower stomach and we also speak about using air and then doing like a virtual colon, prone, and supine. But routinely, we're sticking with, with the uh, supine images. Again, in these days of all of us being very careful about radiation dose, you don't want to do the study twice and give the patient twice the dose. I mentioned about portal phase imaging. Usually at that 50 to 60 second range is ideal for looking at gastric pathology. It's ideal for looking at the uh, enhancement of the submucosa and mucosa. But we are at times now doing dual phase imaging, particularly if you're looking at a GIST tumor. You know, larger tumors, we're look, looking at, uh, again, uh, planning how you're going to do surgery uh, can be very valuable. And I'll show you some examples. Um, in terms of adenocarcinoma of the stomach, the venous phase, of course, is the ideal phase for liver metastasis. Venous phase is ideal for looking at nodes, particularly nodes versus varices, if that's the situation. Though most of the time, nodes are easily recognized in arterial phase imaging as well. And again, the comment I made about 
at times being too early. And let me show you a couple examples. 30 seconds and 60 seconds, arterial and venous. Look at the enhancement of the venous phase of the gastric mucosa, the submucosal regions. You get a much better appreciation of this infiltrating process than you do on the early phase. Now, the early phase, you do recognize that the wall is thickened, but you don't get that appearance. And you can see, you will see changes in the submucosal region. You will see areas of infiltration nicely shown here or nicely shown on this uh, sagittal display. So when you're thinking about gastric enhancement, looking at changes for subtle tumors, this phase is going to be ideal. Of course, if you're looking for GI bleeding, arterial phase is needed. If you're looking for a vascular lesion, hemangioma, arterial phase is needed. In terms of protocols, we're going to do 3D mapping on all patients, so we go with thin sections, whether it's 16 or 64 slice scanners. Typically, use the best detectors you have. Ideally, and routinely, 0.75 millimeter thick sections. Every 0.5 millimeters works very nicely. And we will use a combination of the classic axial images with multiplanar, typically coronal, though I will do off-axis reconstructions, particularly for looking at the antrum, and then 3D imaging, typically with volume rendering and occasionally with some MIP to uh, help it out. And here's just some good examples in volume rendering. You can very nicely see the gastric folds, uh, very nicely see the vascular map. The gastric fold pattern will vary depending on age, depending on gastric distension. Um, this is an older patient, so the folds are less prominent. We do try to look more carefully at folds, but you have to recognize there's variability in folds. There's variability in enhancement, even with the same protocols. For some reason, some stomachs enhance better than others. Um, and you want to be very careful not to overcall the presence of gastric fold thickening. Again, the stomach is now well distended. You can run into some issues. We can look at other things. We can look at this case of gastritis. The folds, the stomach's distended. The folds are kind of nodular, they're thickened. That's a good example of gastritis. Again, you really appreciate it very nicely on this uh, coronal display. MIP is okay, but you see the problem with MIP, everything's projected through the data set, and so it's really hard to figure out where the wall begins and ends. You have the wall anterior and posterior merging as opposed to the same data set, same position with volume rendering. So when I'm looking at fold pattern, I'm really going to try to accentuate the volume rendered images. I might change the lighting model. Another example, axial images, definite thickened gastric folds, nicely shown axial images and then very nicely shown on the 3D map. And the 3D mapping to me really gives you a very good feel of the extent of the uh, thickened folds. You can see they're in the fundus, but not really very far into the body and surely not into the antrum. In terms of um, other pathologies of the stomach in terms of enhancement, we know with varices and cirrhotic patients, venous phase is ideal. Varices can simulate a mass. So if you do early phase imaging only, you might consider this patient to have had a, a gastric mass in the fundus while it's really very large varices. So we can see them very nicely. I'll share a quote a little bit later how CT is an ideal study for looking at patients uh, who have issues with potential GI bleeding or with uh, portal hypertension and you're looking for varices. It's just really ideal. You don't need angiography. And here's another example. Uh, and you can see in this case, the patient has cirrhosis, the patient has varices, but when you look very carefully at the stomach, 
there is a lesion present and that was a small carcinoma it's not a varix that's very important and here it is again you can see it very nicely as we target it uh, but again it's not simply varices it's actually a tumor uh, varices again enhance brightly you can connect the gastric varices with the, gas the varices outside the stomach very nice visualization whether you're doing coronals or you're doing 3D display. Now, one of the other things you can do, and I've spoken about this before, we've used virtual colon, obviously the package, to look at the colon. We also use the same package to look inside the airway or sinuses. We also can use the same package to look inside the stomach. So in cases where you use air as a contrast agent, ideally, you can look inside the patient's stomach and look at the gastric folds. And you can see the folds are thickened. This patient has gastritis and varices. Um, one of the things, uh, there have been a few articles now speaking about this virtual gastroscopy, that it has a very good application in terms of GI imaging. And it's something we've looked at, we do occasionally, but something maybe that needs a relook in this era of 64 slice and beyond. In terms of varices, this is the one time I like to use MIP. You can see how nicely in this one image the extensive varices in the gastric fundus, lower esophagus, uh, retroperitoneum, mesentery are all nicely seen. Now you can't get a perspective of front to back, of course, because we all know with MIP you basically uh, are projecting the data. But if you want a global perspective as to the extent of varices and their presence, this works very nicely. Now I mentioned the pitfalls about varices and I showed you this example. But you can see that uh, the thickening of the antrum, again, is this gastritis, this tumor infiltration. You want to be very careful. Look at the entire data set. When you have those extensive varices, you better be thinking about varices in the stomach simulating gastric pathology. So you can see I'm going through a number of different images to really give you a perspective of how impressive that is, particularly a case like this where a patient has cavernous transformation of the portal vein. So remember that we do a lot of CT of the liver and portal hypertension. We always give water as a contrast agent, and here's one of the reasons why. We want to make sure we look at the stomach. And I mentioned one of the articles published a few years ago, 3D CT portography is effective, and it's a less invasive alternative than conventional angiographic portography in looking at portosystemic collaterals. So that works very nicely. Let me make a few other comments about technique. I mentioned that most of the time we use water, but you can see in this example how well air works. You can see the interface between, bowel, between the stomach wall and air and fat outside the stomach. You can see also in this case the importance of IV contrast. The gastric wall enhances, in this case these small gastric benign polyps also enhance. So you really can get a very nice feel and really uh, take a careful look at that. And there's another case with some small polyps as well, and this is a case of familiar polyposis. In terms of water not being an ideal contrast agent, is there ever a time when positive contrast should always be used? Well, there was one very important uh, example, or maybe two. One is if I'm thinking about a perforation or a fistula. In this case, you can see posterior to the stomach, there's inflammatory changes seen. You know, it's hard to separate the stomach from the colon. What's going on? When you give positive contrast, that, that fistula from stomach to colon is easily seen. So again, uh, that's a case for positive contrast. Also at times, gastric perforations, you want to look for a leak. 
that is really the ideal thing to be at. The other thing we can talk about is virtual endoscopy, but I mentioned a few examples of that. Why don't we stop here and let's pick up at virtual endoscopy when we start part two of this series. Thank you very much.